Hello and welcome to 21 Talks, a podcast series from Housing 21 that's challenging the way older people are represented and talked about in everyday conversation. Hello everyone, my name is John Simmons and I'm the Respect and Inclusion Lead here at Housing 21. Uh, I've been working in this organisation for just over a year now. Uh, My primary focus is to ensure that respect and inclusion is embedded into everything we do as a housing and care provider. So that means having an inclusive working culture, providing an amazing experience for all of our residents and all of their characteristics, uh, as well as being an organisation that promotes diversity and inclusion in all spaces. And that also includes on our podcast. So for today's episode, I'm going to be sitting down with two of our residents to learn more about the changes they've seen and experienced throughout their lifetime, uh, particularly towards the LGBTQ plus community. So Debs and Terry, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Would you mind just introducing yourself to our listeners by telling them uh, a little bit about yourself and how long you've been a Housing 21 resident? So Debs, let's start with you. Yes, hi, I'm Debs. I'm based in Burnley. I've been a house in 21 residents since December last year. I don't actually come from Burnley. I actually come from Yorkshire. I always like there's a distinction uh, in, in Yorkshire and Burnley. Everybody's very, very keen to point out exactly where they're from without <laughs> sweeping statements of where they're from. But yeah, really nice to meet you, Debs. Uh, Terry, perhaps you could go next. Yeah, hi, hi Debs. Hi, John. It's uh, nice to talk to you. I could tell you I wasn't from Burnley by the accent. <laughs> you might be able to tell that uh, I'm from Manchester with my accent, so, but living in Chesterfield now, as I have been in housing 21 for around about six years. Terry, I didn't know people from Manchester like to leave for, for Derbyshire of all places. I don't, actually. Well, Manchester, for me, it, it was brilliant while you were young and you had the clubs and everything going on. But as you get a little bit older, you're like a slower pace of life and living in Chesterfield is a slower pace of life but it suits me but um, the only thing I miss is that I have to travel over an hour to get to Old Trafford every other week every other week so you're a regular attender are you absolutely yeah home and away I can only dream of what it must be like to support a successful football team. <laughs> well, I, I don't know whether that's been a bit sarcastic because we're not very successful at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you to make of that what you will. It's lovely to meet you both. Thank you so much. So what led you both to moving into a retirement living court? Yeah, um, I moved into housing 21 because I live a long way from my family and I've actually lived in Burnley on and off since 2002. Frequented Burnley, went back to Durham, came back to Burnley, went back to Durham. And I came back to um, Burnley for my recovery because I'm a recovering alcoholic, um, which will be my journey for the rest of my life, you know. And, And I found that my sexuality was more acceptable here. And I, I, even at my age, I, I'm still... I'm 59 and I'm still a bit of a live wire, (laughs) so to speak, you know, and I feel it all happens in Lancashire rather than in the northeast, which is where I did spend most of my life. Mm. And there's also, you know, quite a good life around Leeds and places like that. Yeah. So there's plenty of activity going on there. So, Oh, yes. Terry, what about you? What led to you moving into a retirement living court? Uh, Well, what actually... uh, led me to live in it is, um, first, uh, I get this out of the way, 
my wife died a few years ago, but she was living with us here. And basically what happened, my wife had a bit of an accident. She was um, disabled for quite a few years. Where we were, we were living in Chesterfield, but um, the house wasn't suitable for her because everything was upstairs. And yeah. So uh, we viewed a few places, quite a few places uh, around the area because we didn't want to move too far because my daughter lives close. And um, basically this one really suited us and um, we, we spent a day chatting to a few of the residents and, you know, we thought we could really settle there. And um, it was absolutely spot on. And um, like I say, my wife died a few years back and I've carried on here and I don't think I'll move now. So I'm, I'm really keen to get your thoughts on what it's like at the courts where you live and, and whether you feel like you can be your true selves. But before that, would you both be happy to share with our listeners how you identify with the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, I'm a cross-dresser. I have been all my life. Um, I'm quite happy, happy with it. Nowadays, I mean, obviously things have changed since the 60s where it wasn't, nothing was accepted. I'm quite comfortable. Most of the residents know they've seen me, and um, I don't actually go around all the time. But people do see me, and I don't feel the need to hide it. People talk, and I, I feel accepted. How about you, Deb? Yeah. Um, well, I came out fully when I was twenty-five. Mm. And like I say, I'm fifty-nine now, and I don't have any qualms with anybody. You know either in the independent living side, which is what I'm on, or the, you know, the extra care side. I do frequent the main building, you know, and I talk to the residents. A lot of them know I'm gay and it seems to be accepted. You know, I don't have a problem at all. I'm, I'm very open about what I am and who I am and that, and I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And, and I, I've never had any conflict over my sexuality you know I give people time of day and they give me time of day which I think is important to me yeah and I like to to think that like the other residents feel comfortable around me yeah mm. you feel um, attitudes have changed a lot Deborah it has changed it's changed immensely when I first came out it wasn't recognized you know even though there were other gay people in the town, there was no gay clubs or pubs or anything like that. And, you know, I tried to keep it low key, but then I thought to myself, well, why should I? You know, and then I started travelling around. I used to go to Newcastle, Leeds, Manchester. Manchester's a fantastic thought, gay scene. It's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. superb. And you're not judged for who or what you are. You know, and I think we live in a more modern society now. I mean, when, when your 95-year-old grandmother says to you, and where's your partner today? Because <laughs> my grandmother was in a care home yeah. and my partner was actually my wife at the time. And I was gobsmacked. Yeah. Mm. You know, because at 95, I thought, wow. Mm. You know, um, bless her, she passed last year at 100 years old. Wow. Mm. And it just goes to show just how much notice people do take now, whereas before it was quite taboo. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think it's evolved over 
years. Because I mean, I, I remember. I mean, I was always a crossdresser. Obviously, being a crossdresser, I mixed with a, a lot of um, gay people, and um, the, the attitudes, sixties, seventies, was, was really horrific. You, you know, you just couldn't do anything at all. Everything was behind closed doors. But I mean, around the gay village in Manchester, it's a fantastic where, where you are accepted because I found people now, especially where I'm living, very accepted. Some older people can have old-fashioned views and you tend not to go out your way to upset people that have, um, you know, their, their own views. I mean, everybody's entitled to their own views. But mm. I live on quite a big site, a complex mm. of housing 21, and sometimes I feel I'm one of the younger ones. Yeah, but sorry, how, uh, did you say 59? 59, yeah. yeah. Oh, you don't sound it. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I'm I've been told I don't look it either. I'm 72, and I don't feel it. Um, but diversity, it's, it's a little word with a big meaning. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I... I'm not a people pleaser now. I used to be a people pleaser. But I don't feel as though I need to be now. Do you know what I mean? Like I would watch how I, you know, like how I spoke about my sexuality. Mm. And like I say, I'm out and proud. I really am. Um, I don't know what happens behind closed doors, obviously. I I don't recognise other people as being gay or lesbian or, you no, know. We do send lady people too much. And, you know, that's, that's right, that's right. Individuals. We stereotype, yeah, exactly. don't we? That's, that's, really. that's the word, stereotype. Yeah. Well, well, sexual orientation and, and gender expression is such interesting characteristics because they're not always visible, are they? Many characteristics are visible, such as yeah. know, race and ethnicity or, or, you know, in a lot of cases, gender or in some cases, disability. But sexual orientation... Um, is one of those hidden characteristics. How important to both of you is it to be, you know, to, to use your words there, Debs, out and proud, you know, for other people around you to know that, that who you are, you know, you bring your sexual orientation with you and that's who you are? It's not It's not important, to be honest. Yeah. Because in some respects, it's a need-to-know basis and sometimes people don't need to know mm. because, you know, they, they do, it's, it's like a label, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, and people do tend to put labels on, not just people the same as us, but everybody seems to get a label nowadays. But um, I find that um, I'm accepted now as I am, and nobody's seen me in the street as a thing of a cross-dresser, because I look a bit rough, to be honest. But I have to say, when I was younger, I could get away with a red leather miniskirt. I couldn't help. <laughs> I'm not good looking. Well, I, I do like to wear female clothes. Mm. So, t Terry, can I unpack that a bit? So, what did your, your wife and your family, did, I assume they knew that you were a cross-dresser? Well, my wife did, but uh, I don't know that my family yet knew, but um, I got a feeling they knew and it wasn't mentioned sort of thing. Mm. My wife, obviously, for, was about 46 years, so obviously she knew and she, she'd been out with me and now more like her sisters and you know she got upset if I pulled more than her like <laughs> <laughs> that's the other downside to it you did tend to get a lot of male company because mm. this years of Christ Strasser and the artifacts are going oh you're gay which I'm not I mean 
if I was, I'd be proud, quite proud to say it. But um, like I say, I have a lot of gay friends. I do. I used to attract more male company than I wanted sometimes. So I, I assume that you're, you're going out every weekend these days, Terry, still frequenting all the nightclubs. Now, how much have things changed since you first started going out compared to today? I, I don't go out frequenting nightclubs nowadays. I won't but, have um, that, Terry. I don't believe you. No, no. <laughs> but um, I, I do go out not as often because um, obviously we've all had the lockdown and um, since then you, you tend to, um, well, I've started enjoying my own company more. If you know what I mean, I, I do get out and about. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not out every weekend like I used to be. It's a plus. Well, if it's not quite like Manchester, they don't have the sea the same. You have to travel into Leeds as, as well, either. It has Leeds has quite a good gay scene. I mean, Deborah might know that. Uh, it, it, Definitely, yeah. There's quite quite a good scene in um, Leeds. So how have things changed then? What's different in 2022, being uh, gay in 2022 compared to you know, 30, 40 years ago? I think young people are more accepting nowadays than the older generation were. Mm. Oh, definitely, because you've got, I find that, like yourself in the past, that they are, there's younger people frequenting the gay bars and they're not necessarily gay. I love the gay nightlife. I love the music. I love the atmosphere. And even now, I still love it. You know, um, it's just so, it's a whole new dimension. It's a lot more relaxed, isn't it? Of course, yes, it's more relaxed now and people don't stand staring at you like they used to. I, I found, particularly where I live, um, they encourage the acceptance, mm. you know. Of course, through the management and um, staff, you know, they do sort of encourage things along. It, it, like, just say a, a new resident moves in, they have like a, what they call like a, a body system, uh, where once a, a new resident moves in, they match them up with somebody that's been there a while. And it's somebody to go to if, if they've got a, a problem and show them around and whatever. Because a lot of problems... They don't need to take towards management. The, the lesser sort of problems. How do you use this? Where did you go for that? So yeah. the buddhist, this Buddhism works really well. Plus, it makes people relax and gets introduced to each other. Because we do have quite a bit of a social life here, but it's not compulsory. It's not like the old Butlins was in the 50s where you, <laughs> you have to join into everything. You know, the... There's a percentage of residents who like to keep themselves to themselves, which is absolutely fine. But the social part is there if it's wanted. Yeah, it tends to be a little bit like that here. The manager tries to set things up and then people say, oh, well, I don't really want to go. I'm not going to that. And then before you know it, the whole lounge is full. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I might go... Exactly what you mean. I might go up for a coffee yeah. with the manager on a lunch break and before you know it, there's eight or nine residents when I, you know, around you and it's like they're just joining the conversation and it's. I think it's absolutely wonderful that, you know, participation's important, I think, when you live in a place like this. Going back a few years when my wife passed away, uh, I, I didn't take it too well, as you'd expect, and... Um, I'd end up going to a shell, but 
I was encouraged to mix because I hadn't really socialized because um, for the last few years of my wife's life, she needed 24-7 care. So I tended not to hardly be out of the flat. And uh, once she passed, I just stayed in the flat. And I was encouraged to come down and socialize and chat. And I found fascinating people, you know, with life stories, you know, that, that lived the life and they'd done various things. And, you know, I, I miss it now, not going out of the lounge and having a chat with everybody. You know, especially like when new residents come in and, you know, their life stories is a, I, I find it fascinating. And um, I'm glad I socialize now where, if it wasn't, if it wasn't pushed a little bit, I wouldn't have done. So do, do yeah. you think that you can be your authentic selves then when you're living in your courts? Do you think that you can, when when you, you get those opportunities to go mingle with others, that you can be a lesbian woman and a cross-dressing man and that that won't be held against you, that there's no fear of repercussion? Absolutely. I don't find no problem. I, I, can, I can walk around in a nice frock and, um, you know... It, they don't bat an island now. So, you know, at first when people said, whoa, you know, and I just say, oh, did you see my sister the other day? <laughs> mm. <laughs> she looks a bit like me. <laughs> you know, that, that's all. So, so people can be slightly shocked when they first see, but after a day or two, you know, they don't bat an island. Do, mm. do you find the same, Deborah? Do you find people um, will accept you as a person than the label? Yes, most definitely. Oh, most definitely, yes. There are a couple of people already on this site that I, I knew before I came here. Okay. Mm. You know, but they wouldn't say, oh, there's a new lady coming on site and she's a lesbian. They don't do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's live and let live, I think. Yeah. Or I feel as though it is. I mean, they've seen me in all different shades. I, I think that's so interesting as well. You know, I've, I've been up and down England speaking to dozens of our residents that live with us in Housing 21 across, you know, our extra care schemes and our re retirement living courts. And sometimes there's this sense that some older adults in the UK might be intolerant towards L LGBTQ plus uh, people in general. But, but that's not been my experience whatsoever. In fact, nearly every resident I've spoken to has maybe gay themselves or, you know, certainly know somebody you know, through their family. Quite often our residents have family members that are gay or bisexual or transgender. And our residents come alive when they're talking about their family because they love them and they love who they are. And that includes that, that sexual orientation. So as a, as a myth-busting experience for me, it's been really, really interesting speaking to, to our residents about sexual, sexual orientation because I came with preconceived notions that many older adults in the UK are intolerant towards people because of their sexual orientation. But I don't think that's the truth. No, not at all. I mean, I, I have a 34-year-old son. And when I tell people, it sort of opens their eyes a little bit, you know. Mm. Um, and I, I just look at them and say, well, you know, I haven't always been like this. <laughs> yeah. And they sort of look at you yeah. from a different light, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 it goes back to... Like say labeling you, you know, you are a lesbian and put you in this little box and they, this is what you expect you to be like and you know, and, and if you're not like that, you say, Oh, do you do that? Oh, do you have a son? Oh, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just I do think that society is more accepting. Yeah. Which is good, you know. I mean, I've come across all walks of life and you know, it's amazing how many people older people the older generation you come across and they say my grandson's gay mm. or 
my daughter's gay, you know, um, and things like that. And my my mum is very accepting of my sexuality and um, she's accepting of me full stop, obviously, because she's my mum. At the end of the day, it doesn't... Though there are people out there whose families just totally disown them. I know. know, um, Mm, Yeah. My mother-in-law was... um, She was a whole Irish Catholic, my mother-in-law, very strict, and she couldn't even say the word lesbian. Yeah. She, She always... You know, if you had to, she said, oh, them vegetarian ones, you know, that like the funny food, <laughs> you know, you'd always <laughs> describe a lesbian as a vegetarian, you yeah. know. It, it, it was, I mean, I'm going back a lot of years now, but um, it, 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 she just couldn't bring herself to say the word, you know. Can I, can I, I want to circle back to that actually, if I can. Can I just be absolutely clear that, that she wouldn't use the word lesbian? She replaced correct, it with the word yeah. vegetarian That's instead correct. to avoid saying it. it, it That's you know, it, it's words weird to look at now. But I mean, I, I'm going back 40, 50 sort of years, you, you know, when I first met her. But mm. um, yeah, it, it, it's really strange. And, you know, it, it, it's a sea. Two girls walking down the road holding hands, they'd be so shocked, <laughs> you know. But I mean, mm. you don't want to get anything of it nowadays. And you're absolutely right. We must remember as well that it's only since 1967 yeah. that it stopped being illegal to be gay. Although, in fact, it's never been illegal to be in a lesbian yeah, relationship. Yeah. The, anecdotally, that goes it back to Queen Victoria, does. doesn't it? So, yes, Queen Victoria stated that it wasn't illegal for two women to have a relationship. Because they they couldn't sexually have a relationship, whereas two men could. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Well, as, as we know, that that was a wrong perception of things. Well, I was I was being polite there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I could have enhanced a little further on it, but no. Um, so that's why that's why it was never illegal for two women, yeah, yeah. and it was for two men. Um, but, you know, how, how things have changed, Deb. So 1967, the, the law was passed that stopped it being illegal to be in a gay relationship. We had the moral panic of the 1980s and the, and the AIDS pandemic and the blame falling on, on gay people. We had Section 28, yeah. um, which made it illegal to discuss being in a same-sex relationship. Uh, and that was only repealed in 2003. We've had the Armed Forces Act, so you couldn't be gay and be in the Armed Forces until 2001. One and then only just recently, the same sex um, couples, the 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 same sex couples bill, uh, which completed its historic journey through Parliament in 2013, so uh, it, you know, made it legal to be to to have a, a gay marriage yes. as well. So you know, th- these are pretty landmark dates. Lots of things have they changed. Certainly have. They certainly How did this impact on you? Um, I got married in 2015, and I had a white wedding. My wife wore a a white dress, and I wore a morning suit. We actually got married in a register office. Um, we had talked about um, a humanist uh, com- commitment ceremony, but we wanted to go the whole hog. So we had a, a proper white wedding, you know, and God bless anybody that wants to have a wedding because it recently the Church of England have made it legal for same-sex couples. Yeah to marry in the church. And I would have loved that. Yeah. There's a much more liberal attitude now than there was in the Deborah. 
Yes, most definitely. So what does it mean to be married and not in a civil partnership? How do the two differ? Um, I think it makes, well, I thought at the time it made for a more static, you know, joining of two people, if you will. Now that they've brought this one into the church, I think that's even better, you know. There's equality of experience for of all, course, isn't there? Of course, of course. And that's the important thing. And I, th- I think once that bill was passed, I think every, <laughs> it was as if there was a rush for everybody to get married that was in same-sex relationship. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, they, they do want to make a commitment to each other. and Of course. Th- through a marriage ceremony, same with them, straight couple, by couple, anybody. It's, a, it's making a statement that you are committed to that person. That's right. And it doesn't always last. Well, normal, well, I say normal marriages don't always last. And you travel a rocky road in any way. I mean, like I was married 46 years and, you know, we had ups and downs, but on the whole, I say it was a really happy marriage. But, um, I mean, if she could put up with me for 46 years, right? <laughs> so we're going to come to the end of the, the podcast shortly, but you know, we've spoken about how things have changed. I'd like to, to, to ask you if you've got any advice for any of our listeners who perhaps haven't felt like they can embrace who they are and feel free to be themselves. What advice would you offer to them? Who wants to go fish? We go Terry. Yeah, putting me on the uh, line. (laughs) Well, as I say, do it gradually. You know, um, speak to one person first and tell them, don't have to make it out the great big announcement. You know, do it, feel the water and it. You know, don't, don't rush into something and then think to yourself, God, what have I done? You know, because you will find the majority of people will be accepting of you. But, I mean, you will get the odd one that doesn't. And that's their loss, to be quite honest. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? Yeah, I think it should be free for all. We've all got our own minds. We've all got our own hearts. We've all got our own stomachs. And I think, you know, there are still going to be people out there that don't like homosexuality, lesbianism and, you know, same-sex relationships. And I think because we're living a a better, more accepting society, I I think people won't sort of come across the kind of things that we came across when we were younger. You know, most definitely speak about it to your family before anybody else. Absolutely, yeah. And... You know, I think I think once you've broke the ice with your family about it, then it gets it's got to get easier. Well, once you've told your family, nobody else matters because that's right. Friends are your friends, and if they're not your friends after you've told them, they weren't really your friends, were they? Not at all. Yeah. No, not at all. So lots to reflect on there. Um Deb, Terry, I hope you've both enjoyed being on your first podcast. It's been yes. a pleasure to speak with you, actually. Thanks for sitting down with us and sharing your thoughts. You know, this is it's sometimes quite a sensitive area, sensitive to talk about. So I really welcome your candour. Um, just to add, so for any Housing 21 residents listening today who's been inspired by today's conversation, perhaps, uh, and has a conversation that they would like to hear on a future episode of 21 Talks, then please do get in touch by clicking on the link in the show notes. But uh, from me, you know, thank you very much for tuning in. Bye from me and from Debs and Terry. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.